AdamandEve.com is the world's number one online source for adult toys. And I'm Horrified is the world's number one source for nightmares, aren't we, Sam? We so are. So, we've joined forces to bring you some sweet deals. Use our offer code HORROR at checkout for 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's H-O-R-R-O-R. AdamandEve.com. We're not horrified at all. Hello! Hi, listeners! Welcome to episode... I don't even remember. I don't know either. We've had a lot of, you know... We had two Christmas specials. Christmas episode, yeah. New Year's episode. We're well, sober again. We're... At last. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. I'm Sam Budditch. I'm Allie Rayner, and... We're horrified. We're horrified! And here we are. This, that's the first time we've done we a real say intro in quite a while. Yeah, we're getting off the rails. But let's get into it. Today, I'm going to be talking about ghost marriage. Spooky. Pretty spooky. What are you going to be talking about, Sam? I'm going to be talking about high-heeled shoes. Oh, a thing I don't wear anymore. Me neither. It feels like a little bit of a, of a throwback to, uh, I think, our first episode where I talked about women's pants. Yeah, it does. Yeah. We're going back to our roots. Back, right back there. I'm horrified origins. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I, I haven't worn high heels since... Like, I used to wear them in high school and early college mm-hmm. to try to feel older, and now, like, if you catch me in, like, a chunky wedge, I'm like, you're welcome. Yeah. Now um, that I feel like an ancient crone woman, yeah. it's like, I'll throw on some clogs. Crocs all the way. <laughs> um, but first... First, we're gonna talk about ghost marriage. Da-da-da-da! Woo! It's nothing like that. So, this... Topic was kind of suggested to me by a listener. Ooh. Shout out to um, at Emmy Chambliss. Thanks, Emmy. So thank you. I don't know if it's Emmy. It's M E. I think oh. her name is Mary, but I'm not sure. Oh. Let us know, it Mary. Be like Mary Ellen or who, whoever. They wrote in to us about this topic, and I think they were writing in about a woman who married a 300-year-old ghost pirate. Yes, and they got divorced recently, which was very sad. Yeah, so this, <laughs> so here's what's happening now. I googled ghost marriages thinking that I would find that story, and I was like, I don't know how far I'm gonna get with that story. And boy, did I get an un, like, it, it just got very different. Yes. Very fast. Ghost marriage, it turns out, is also a whole other thing. It's also something, and it, then it brought me to a page that's like, ghost marriage in the South Sudan, and I'm like, I don't think that this is this Irish woman who married <laughs> Jack Sparrow. I think this is something different. So I'm going to talk about the practice of ghost marriage or posthumous marriage in different parts of the world, and then as a palate cleanser, I will talk about Amanda Teague pirate wife. Yes. <laughs> um, because I feel like we'll need that at Absolutely. the end. Absolutely. I want to hear about both of those things. Let's start hardcore. Yeah, a little bit more hardcore. So, ghost marriage. It became clear to me in researching that certain types of this practice have happened in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So, particularly in Asia, but sp- spreading as far as Western Europe, like um, it, this is legal in France, and there were a couple of cases of this in France during the Civil War. Interesting. Which I found interesting. However, the main place where this is happening in recent history and still happens today is China. So, I'm going to be mostly talking about customs in China, but obviously. China is not a monolith, and mm-hmm. it's one of the largest countries in the world, yeah. both in size and population. So, uh, like, but overall, a lot of these practices tie hand in hand with certain beliefs dating back to the Qin Dynasty in the 200 BCEs. So that's mostly what I'm going to be talking about. That's so long ago. <clears throat> yeah, I don't believe that that happened. Yeah, I know it did, but... As an American, like, our oldest stuff, 
that is not made by, like, native tribes. Like, yeah, we can still, like, see most of it. Yeah, like, it's like, wow, this was built in 1600, how old? And then you go to, like, Europe, or you go to Asian yeah. countries, and it's like, oh, this was built, like, you know, 300 years BCE, and it's like, oh. Yep, I just, I don't believe that happened. Yeah. I know it did. This was built 3,000 years ago. I don't think so. I'm not sure that's true. I'm not sure that's true. What, did they um, ride a T-Rex to build it? You know? Yeah. It's like... And I, I realize the ignorance in that, but I'm just like, science? I think that's a uniquely American thing. Is yeah. That we're like, nothing's older than like 14... <laughs> Oh, discounting science, you don't say. <laughs> nothing's older than 1492. I don't, I don't think that that's, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that being said, I'll keep talking about this. Please do. So, a great deal of these traditions, which I won't go into a great depth about, like, all of these customs, because I don't have the qualifications to discuss them. But so, like, a lot of um, Chinese traditions have to do with the afterlife and ensuring a happy afterlife. And that's not necessarily unique to them. Mm-hmm. I think a lot, if not most, cultures have a lot of things that are like, if you do this, your afterlife will be better. Yeah. Um, which is pretty common theme among basically all religions. And also NBC's The Good Place, which we recommend you watch. Oh, so good. Um, so marriage and weddings are a very important part of these traditions and the afterlife. You would theoretically be bonded with your spouse forever and walk with them through the afterlife. So what if, as a young marrying age bachelor or bachelorette, you meet an untimely end? Who are you supposed to walk through the afterlife with? Um, just, like, a confident sense of self? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> just single? Yeah. Just single in the afterlife, Single Sam? and loving it! I don't think so. That's like going with your friends to prom. Lame. <laughs> I did that. Um, so this is where ghost marriages enter. The most common form of ghost marriages is to take two deceased people of similar age, like marrying age, and to marry them posthumously. And there's, like, a dinner, and there's, like, a cake, and, like, you do the whole thing. I don't think their, like, corpses are there, but they're nearby, and then you bury them together, and it's like, okay, they're married. They're married in the afterlife. It happened. We're good. We're all good. And, like, now, not to spin on tradition, but all I'm thinking about is, like, getting into the afterlife and meeting this dude for the first time. And being like, oh, hey, like, my name is Dave. And your parents picked me out, and it's just, it's really nice to meet you. Like, what would you do about that? I'd be so worried, because, like, what if he's not my type? Like, what if... What if I just don't like... We don't click. What if we don't click? What if he's perfectly nice, but it's not a romantic attraction? That's, you know, that's the... That's the millennial problem. It reminds me a great deal of the MTV show Parental Control. Yes, it's a lot like that. Which I think I've even discussed on this show before, which was a show where teenagers with terrible boyfriends or girlfriends had their parents set them up on blind dates, and then they had to choose between their original partner, and this new parent-approved one. Um, and that really doesn't have a ton to do with this, but I feel like there's, like, there's, like, an afterlife dating show in there somewhere. There definitely is. Do you know is. what I mean? Yeah. I think that there is. Um, so this went beyond even just trying to ensure a partner for a family member in the next life. So it wasn't just, like, out of the goodness of these people's hearts that they're like, oh, I want my son to have, like, a pal in the afterlife. Yes. A lot of it had to do with traditions that would weigh and burden upon the living. So Mm -hmm. some people believe that an unwed person who passed away would stay around the family home and uh, haunt them Mm. because they can't move into the next world without Without a pal. Without a pal. Right. Okay. So this would bring detriment to their family's prospects and it was like a bad 
It was just like a bad, like it was a bad look. Mm -hmm. It didn't look good. Yeah. And so they also thought it might keep other members um, of the family from being able to marry because there's all these bad single vibes. Yeah. Hanging around. Which is also, that's just like a hysterical image to me of just like your poor, untimely dead relative sauntering around the house like, I'm so alone. Like that's all they say all day. I'm also imagining like loving someone so much, but then being like, honey, this can never work out because... Your brother was a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> sorry? So I don't know sorry. what to say. I love you more than anything in the world, but he couldn't get fucked yeah. and he died. And then you almost understand why someone might dig a dead woman up <laughs> and bring her to their house. More on that later. Oh. So there were other types of ghost marriages. So say you're a woman in history. Yes. Which is almost never a good thing. Almost always that's going to yeah. be a, a detriment to you. It sucked to be a woman or a person of color Actually, any time, really any time now is, yeah. is bad, but, like, it really sucked before the 21st century. I Absolutely think. true. Um, so you're a woman in China, and it's, like, the 1300s or something, and you're engaged, but your fiancé dies. Now, what are you supposed to do about this? Part with your dowry? Bring all the cows back to your dad's house? No. No? Nope. That would have been my first impulse. <laughs> Absolutely not. Shit. So you can still marry your fiancé posthumously. He's He proposed to you. You brought the cows over. Like, it's over. It's kind of basically sewn up. You just didn't get married yet. But you have the right to have a posthumous ceremony, and then your husband's family is obligated to take care of you just as they would if your husband had died after you were married. Interesting. So, I think this has a lot to do with in... And I'll get to get to more of this later, but, like, your husband's family becomes your actual family. You're yeah. part of their lineage. You're protected by them. That's why dowries happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's some cash so you can take care of my daughter literally forever. Like, they're going to be part of your family now. Yeah. Um, and it's not that you, do, like, you sever ties with your other family, but that's... You're under the protection that's of, your the, lineage of now. the father's family. So that's kind of where a lot of this comes from. Yeah. And... Yeah, so... And then it's kind of twofold, because your husband's family kind of gets the benefit of their son not having to walk through the afterlife alone, and then you don't have to endure the shame at that time of being unwed Mm -hmm. as a woman, which is obviously the worst thing in the world. Yes, you have a question, Sam. I do. So I'm a hot, young bride, a fiancé. Give me it. My husband just passed away before we could get married. Right. I have a lit ghost marriage. Mm-hmm. So we're married now, even though he's dead. And I'm right. living with my in-laws. Then I see, like, a handsome merchant. I know where you're going with this. And I am a widow, if you think about it. Kind of. Are you? Am I? Can I marry Can you get? Can you remarry? Can I remarry like, it, like I would <laughs> think a widow could? Okay, I have a quote for you from this. Oh, no. I think this is from Wikipedia. (laughs) Um, Quote, some women were hesitant to enter this ghost marriage. Since this form of ghost marriage requires you to participate in the funeral ritual and mourning customs, including strict dress and conduct standards, take a vow of celibacy and immediately take up residence with his family. Okay. A groom had the option of marrying his late fiancé with no disadvantages, but there have been no records of such weddings. (laughs) So it's like... There's, there's, if you're a woman, you kind of have to do that, because otherwise... Okay. Because otherwise... People are going to look down on you. Yeah. But if you're a man that's just like, bummer, she died, I'll go find another one, I'll I suppose. I'll keep going. But in a way, like, so in a way, this <clears throat> was the ideal scenario if, like, your fiancé was kind of a dud, but his mom is so nice. Totally. Totally. Ideal. Ideal. 
But yeah, so, but if it's not ideal, it's like, to avoid being shunned from society, you have to never have sex again and live with your mother-in-law forever. Like, yeah. that's a hard deal if it's not so great. That's real. That's, um, that's got a lot of big, uh, big red flags to me. Yeah. It could go sincerely either way. Mm-hmm. So other things about women in this situation that are important to know. In many Chinese cultures, uh, people keep altars of their family lineage. And it's actually very similar to that scene in, um... Mulan, and I hate to, like, boil down <laughs> Chinese culture to Mulan, but I think this is something that a lot of people remember. Yeah, it's a scenes, good cultural reference point. <clears throat> yeah, the scenes where they're talking to the ancestors, yeah. there's stone tablets for each of them. Mm-hmm. And that's, they're called ancestral tablets or spirit tablets. In English, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so a woman only gets one of those tablets and one of those kind of altars or shrines in her husband's family. Yeah. A, an unmarried woman does not get one of those. This is a really big plot point in Mulan 2. Is it? We don't have to get into it, but it is Is a big plot point. Because Mulan and Shang are getting married. Right. And then Mushu finds out that because of that, she's now going to be protected by his family guardians. And Mushu's out of a job. Oh. So then Mushu is trying to break... It is a big plot point. Yeah, so then Mushu's trying to break them up. Um, But she wouldn't get to have a tablet if she was unmarried. Well... Did nobody tell him that? I don't... I guess he thinks, like, if she just stays afar, then he can just keep hanging out with her. Wrong. Not when she dies. Oh, no. So, yeah, no, if you are unmarried, they put up, like, a paper tablet of yours, but you aren't allowed to be... And I'm not not speaking with definitive... In a definitive nature here, it might be different in certain cultures. This might have progressed a lot. Yeah. But one of the reasons that this happened in the past a lot is Mm -hmm. because there was this concern over where your spirit would, like, live in a lineage. yeah. Um, and so that makes sense. But to me, I'd be like, just put my fucking tablet up. Yeah. It's fine. You guys, like, single life. Just put it towards the back. Yeah, you don't even have to look at it. And so the other thing that I thought was absolutely fabulous is there's modern accounts of unmarried women who wish to remain living unmarried uh-huh. to enter into ghost marriages in order to secure family lineage and, like, <laughs> make their mom happy and stuff, oh, nice. but to continue living by themselves. Yeah, they're like, I'm actually good. But they're like, I still want to, like, respect your the, wishes yeah. and all that stuff. Absolutely. So they get into a ghost marriage to be, like, single life forever. Yeah, absolutely. Which, that, I love that. Yeah. I that's think that's a, great. That's a mood. Yeah. So, okay, one more type. There's another type of ghost marriage that happens particularly in the South Sudan that has made headlines before, particularly among certain um, areas and the Noir and Adwat people. So, basically, this practice is for when a husband dies in a family, but the families want to continue the same lineage. Mm-hmm. Can you see where I'm going with this? I'm nervous. So, the brother of the husband oh. just kind of steps in. Okay. And I feel like England did this a little bit, too. <laughs> like, that's basically what happened with, um... Henry VIII. What's his face? Henry VIII. It is what happened with Henry VIII, but that ended up biting in the butt, because he was like, Leviticus says, I shouldn't have fucked my brother's wife. Yeah, so see, they're fine with this. Oh, great. Um, And they're like, okay, you're kind of taking his place, but any children that are, come from this union are gonna be the deceased brother's children. They're seen as his issue. Interesting. I, I do find that interesting. Because it's like, well, does that person, like, not be a person anymore? Yeah. Like, it's kind of confusing, but... You can see why it makes sense when you think about marriage in terms of business transaction yeah. and dowry. And, like, you know, that's par- that was part of 
a lot of cultures and part of Western culture. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be like, that's ridiculous, because it's, like, almost everywhere and think of marriage as being part of love to, like, the 1930s. So, true. you know what? It's, when you break down the logistics of, like, having to sleep with your husband's brother, it is a kind of yikes, but what yeah. are you going to do about it? And maybe he's the hot one. Maybe he is. Maybe, maybe you marry the first brother thinking, you look unwell. Yeah. <laughs> and your little brother yeah. is kind of hot. So, and Greg is so hot. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just, like, every time he coughs, you're like, honey, do you feel okay? <laughs> and they're like, soon. Yeah. Or it's a full amazing. goodbye Earl scenario. Oh, true. Except, true. Except your best friend. Except the plot of it is LA pretty different. Yeah. Is instead his brother. <laughs> yep. Absolutely true. That sounds like a good book. It's like, you can't marry the brother for some reason. Yeah. So, like, they conspire yeah. to have this. I don't know why you wouldn't just marry the brother. Well, if you were if you were going to make it an old-timey romance novel, which is what I like to read, um, it if would be like. You're merging the families. Or well, it would be something. like he'd be the heir. Right. So you would want the right to all of his, like, his title and his land and stuff. Like Hamlet. Like Hamlet. Kind of. Kind of a lot like Hamlet. Yeah. We keep saying, like, oh, like this, kind of, and then explaining why it's not like that at all. <laughs> no, it actually is like that. If it you is think kinda of like Gertrude that. as the main character in this in this theoretical romance novel. Which I will. She marries the king, but she's like, his younger brother is hot. Yeah. And this will be fine if yeah. we just scooch him over. Pour some poison in his ear. I never understood why that killed him. It did, though. Did it sure did. Spoilers for Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Imagining one person listening um, to this podcast and like, like throwing off the their fuck? headphones. Like, damn it. Sorry that you're in eighth grade language <laughs> arts. Um, okay. So now let's get serious and um, get into why this concept can turn horrifying. Oh, no. I will let a BBC quote take it from here. In 2015, it was reported that 14 female corpses were stolen in one village in the Shanxi province. Villagers said tomb raiders stole the bodies to make money. According to Huang Jingchun, the head of the Chinese department at Shanghai University, who carried out a field study on ghost weddings in Shanxi between 2008 and 2010, the price of a corpse or the bones of a young woman had risen sharply. So that's in 2008 and 2010. Wow. At the time of his research, such remains would fetch around 30,000 to 50,000 yen. So that's about... 3,400 pounds to 5,700 pounds, which is, like, six-ish thousand dollars. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking money. That's a lot of money. He estimates that these prices could be up to 100,000 yen. The sale of corpses was outlawed in 2006. Obviously, it took them that long. But it hasn't stopped grave robbers. So that's bad. That's a bummer. That's a bad thing. Yeah. So something that may be exacerbating this problem is the fact that there are more men in China than women right now. Yeah. And I say right now, these studies were done in 2008, and then something happened in 2015 I'll talk about Mm -hmm. that kind of brought this to the public attention. But in the past couple of decades, there has been more men than women, so there's kind of like a bride scarcity happening. Mm -hmm. And again, I want to stress, this is not like a super common thing (laughs) like in China. This isn't like a thing that's like plaguing the country. It's just, this is where it's happening. And, And that kind of social trend might be exacerbating it. So grave robbing in certain areas has become a thing for those who can't find brides or families who are desperate to find a dead bride for their dead son to marry. Both problems can be solved by dead corpse brides. Oh, God. Um, <clears throat> but, like, even in death, consent is vital. And it's like... I agree. I know that's kind of a silly-sounding thing to enter into this conversation, but it's like, where does the sanctity of your personhood mm-hmm. begin and end? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like... I can understand these kinds of things if it's a family custom and it's the families kind of getting involved in this, but then it's like, 
you know, where do your wishes enter into this? Even if it's like, even if I don't believe Mm -hmm. in this kind of thing, what if you're a woman who does and then you pass away and then your family's making all these decisions for you? Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know how I feel about that. Um, So the worst thing I haven't even gotten to yet, the worst thing is that there are some accounts of women being murdered to serve this purpose. This is what I Did was worried. Did you wor- think? I was worried yeah. this was maybe the natural conclusion. Yeah. So, in 2016 in the Shanxi province, one man and two accomplices were charged with kidnapping and murdering by sedation. So, like, they sedated them oh, geez. to death. Two mentally ill women in order to sell their corpses on the black market for ghost weddings. Um, So, authorities responded to this crime by urging people to, like, abandon these superstitions, as they Mm -hmm. called it. And they were kind of drawing more light to what was going on in certain areas of China and being like, you really shouldn't do this in general, but definitely don't kill anyone over it. And, and again, like I said, like, there is not, like, a slew of murders no, happening. but still two but, is too many. Yeah, it's like, I think it's, that's the natural conclusion of, this isn't about choice of two, the choice of two people. This is about honor mm-hmm. and, you know, family and shame and all those things that lead women, you know, that lead to women being abused in literally every corner of the globe. When you think about that, like, you think about women who are, you know assaulted in other other parts of the world, like, for being widowed or for, you know, trying to leave an abusive husband, and then all the way to how women's bodies are policed in terms of choice in America. Like, it's just, it all kind of boils down to how much power a woman has over her own body and her, over her own choices. So it's like, obviously it's gonna lead to that if mm-hmm. we play so fast and loose with what women are allowed to do with their own bodies. Yeah. Or corpses, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, that sucks. Not all ghost marriage sucks. I'm honestly like, okay, if you're both dead and you both are like, yeah, I don't want to be alone in the afterlife, like, whatever, go to town. I love if you're a woman, like that woman in Hong Kong I talked about who just, like, wanted to stay single but (laughs) married a guy so her mom would get off her back. Like, I totally love that. That's a win-win scenario. Yeah, don't dig up some poor girl's grave for no reason and definitely, I will not say this again, don't murder anyone. Guys, we'll be so mad if you murder someone for ghost marriage. We purposes. have said this before, and I'm done. And I'm done. I'm done talking about it. this with you guys. Okay, so do you want a palate cleanser? I'd love just a, a little something, something. All right, I will briefly tell you about Amanda Teague, yes. the infamous ghost pirate bride. So Amanda is a mother of four uh-huh. who made a living impersonating Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean wow. for many years. Good for her. Um. So. She met the ghost of a 300-year-old Haitian pirate in 2015, Mm -hmm. Um, and after months of ghostly flirtation, much to her sort of, what's the word? She was, like, batting it off at first. She was like, oh, no, no, like, very uh, Jane Austen, like, oh, no, no, I couldn't possibly. Yeah. And then he just wore her down. Mm, Classic. Makes sense to me. Um, So after months of that, they decide to get married. Um, They marry on a boat in international waters probably where he liked to be. That's the truth. So a registrar and a medium were present. Uh-huh. The medium gave consent on his behalf. Absolutely. Um, and apparently his name was Jack Teague, which, like, that's too convenient for me. Jack well, Sparrow, Jack Teague. Well, also Teague is the last name of, like, Blackbeard or something. Right, it's like a pirate Like name. a pretty famous pirate. Mm-hmm. His last name was Teague in real life. I don't know anything so about Jack that. Teague. There was a photo of Johnny Depp, gross, at their wedding, too. Classic. So there's a lot of moving pieces here. Yeah. Um, 
So later she told reporters that the real Jack, her ghost husband, reached out to her because she loved the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise so much. Of course. That's why he was interested in her at first, because she loved those movies so much. He was like, if you like a face, fake ghost pirate, how yeah. do you feel about the real thing? I mean, we stand a stand, am I right? <laughs> um, so tragically, as you, as you said before, Amanda announced this very year yeah. that her marriage to the 18th century Haitian ghost pirate has ended. And if those two can't make it work... There's no hope for the rest of us. no hope for the rest of us. Sorry. Pack it in. Uh, It's like Chris Pratt and Anna Faris. It's like, if Amanda and Jack can't make it work, (laughs) what is the point? Uh, That's all. So hard. A bummer. I just hope she finds love again. I do, too. You know what? Something tells me she'll figure it out. Thank God I hope so. Something tells me some other spirits will Mm. make their way to her. I would love that. I would love that, too. Uh, Morbid. Do you register for a ghost wedding? I would. I would too. I need a lot of new plates. Yeah. Like my boyfriend and I are moving in together, um, and you're moving in with your boyfriend in September. And so I'm gonna need a lot of stuff. Yeah. We're not ready to get married. But if I married a ghost, then you know, to crate and barrel we go. And it's like, well, I'm marrying this ghost, but I also need like like a KitchenAid. Yeah. So I'm asking for exclusively Target gift cards for my birthday. Yeah. In preparation for the fact that I don't own a pot or pan. Exactly. So, but you wouldn't have to do that if you were having a ghost marriage. If I was having a, a pirate, not a not a ghost marriage like I talked about before. Yeah. But a like pirate a, ghost marriage. A pirate one. Oh my God, I would want to marry like Anne Bonny though, like one of those cool lady pirates. That would be cool. Yeah. I would be really into that. What I want to marry. What pirate, historical pirate, would you be interested in? I don't know. I have to be honest. I don't know that many historical pirates. I feel like there's one other cool lady pirate. Yeah, marry something. Um, that one. Yeah. I'll take that one. There you go. Could you do a double wedding? That'd be so beautiful. (laughs) You guys, would you watch a live stream of our double ghost wedding? (laughs) I think it'll be amazing. What's her name? Um. I think the, um, Stuff You Missed in History class ladies did, uh, episode on both of these women who were spo- supposedly like in love themselves Ooh. which love it i love that a lot. i love a queer ghost pirate romance <laughs> hang on famous lady pirate uh mary reed that's mary what reed I was thinking of for you and then i was thinking of Anne bonnie for me mary There's reed also grace o'malley is very famous yeah mary reed if you're listening out there in the uh, in the ether <laughs> give me a visit get at us anytime Get at us. Because I need a food processor. Did you ever, we can cut this out, but did you ever hear, like, the mythical story of how those two met? No. So it's that they were both pretending to be men. Yes. Yes, I did hear this. Okay. <laughs> tell it to them. I'll tell it to them. Okay. <laughs> they were, here's the version that I've heard. They were both pretending to be men on this pirate ship. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of them. And they're like, are you? <laughs> are you? No, the version that I've heard is that one of them went to the other one and was like, I have feelings for you. And the other one was like, I'm so sorry, I'm a woman. And then the first one was like, I am also Oh my a woman. god. You're kidding me. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And the one like took off her shirt to be like, I have breasts, I'm a woman. And the other was like, bitch. Like, yeah. I also. And then tits are out. And then what's the and tits are out? What are you going to do about we it? We can play. Uh, I'll put my shirt down. <laughs> Sorry. Sam that. did lift her shirt up for emphasis. <laughs> I'm wearing a bra. Yeah. It's fine. Also, you've seen my breasts. I have. You've seen mine. I gotta be honest, you guys. I don't mean to make this this weird, <laughs> but that's just the truth. We've lived together for like seven years. Yeah. Just, it, things happen. It's inevitable. I gotta be honest. Um, we shared a room for like yeah. three years. Yep. Okay, so now we can talk about high heels if you want. Ooh, let's do it. All right. This is gonna be more fun. Um, 
So this is going to be, um, a or maybe bit... less fun. I don't know either. They're less fun for me than ghost marriages, personally. That's true. I'm, I'm more affected by what you're <laughs> yes, about to talk about. Absolutely. Um, so I'm going to say something that I thought was just, um, a normal way to open this segment, but then I realized our listeners don't see us. It's true. Um, so the first line of this is, I am a short woman. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but I just realized you guys might not know that. So, um, I'm pretty short. I'm like 5'2". Allie, you're like 5'3"-ish. 5'3". I feel about 5'6". Yeah. We've talked about this. I feel, I don't feel as short as I am, but I yeah. am pretty short. You are pretty short. I'm short as well. Yeah, you're a little shorter than I am. Um, and I also enjoy pretty things. Yep, same. Which you do as well. So you would think that I would be a prime candidate for loving high-heeled shoes. Yeah. Um, you would be wrong. I hate them so much. You do? She hates them. I hate them so much. I love to look at them. I walk through stores and I'm like, you're gorgeous and I never want to touch you. I wish I had the strength for you. Exactly. They are, like, so uncomfortable. And guess what? I found out they also fuck up your body. Do they? Yeah, so I let's always get assumed, into it. but tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about some high heels. So the origin of the high heel can be traced back to 15th century Persia when soldiers wore them to help secure their feet in stirrups when they were on horseback. Yo. Right? Isn't that interesting? So then Persian migrants brought the shoe trend to Europe, where male aristocrats wore them to appear taller and more formidable. So they started as a dude look. I did know that. That yeah. it was dudes first. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, um, women picked up the trend, and that was when they got torturously tall and uncomfortable. That makes sense. Um, men were wearing, like, a very reasonable block heel. Yeah. And then once it became a female trend, it was like, what if we make them not yeah. be able to walk or move? They were wearing, like, a character shoe. Yeah. So, um, two interesting examples are, um, a shoe that was called, um, the Chopin, which was a pedestal-like shoe in the late 15th to early 17th centuries in upper-class, like, Europe. And they would transform, like, European women into this towering, like, height and they were so high, sometimes up to 54 centimeters, that the women would oh, have fuck. to use, like, a, a, one of their maids on either side of them as crutches to walk around. So, like, literally you would have two of your maids that you'd be leaning on as you walked in these huge fucking shoes. But they were a real status symbol because your dress still had to hit the floor. So you had to buy way more fabric if you were going to wear these fucking huge-ass shoes. And that's that so much how rich you are. Feels like something Lady Gaga might do today, is, like, walk around yeah. with two backup dancers. I think she has. <laughs> she probably has. Um, and then there's also, uh, bringing it back in a way to your segment, Chinese foot binding, which yep. is a practice that's been around since the 10th century, and it's where a woman's foot was really painfully bound so it could fit in a tiny four-inch-long heeled slipper, mm-hmm. which, like, just imagine four inches, because, like, what the fuck? How could you make a foot that small? Yeah, the photos of that are terrifying. Yeah, it's very bad. But so, like, the small shuffling steps that these women would have to take uh, were considered, like, very beautiful, and they also remind me a lot of how I have to walk um, if I'm wearing high-heeled shoes. Yeah, I think so. So, we know where high heels come from, but now let's talk about what they do to you, because, surprise, our bodies weren't designed to walk in them. So, we'll start with toe problems. High heels are one of the leading causes of ingrown toenails, which hurt like hell. So, um, this condition is basically just, like, when your nail, like, your toes get compressed, like they do in a pointy, beautiful shoe, and so your nail starts growing into your skin. Oh, I've had them before. Yeah, they kill. Oh, they're horrible. They really, um, hurt, and if left untreated, they can become infection. Infection? 
they can become infected and the infection can spread to the surrounding toes and skin of your foot or to your bones. Fuck. You can get a bone infection. That happens? Apparently, yes. I read the word bone infection in one of these articles and I was <laughs> like, like, I'm done. I'd rather be dead. Um, and this can also lead to gangrene and eventually you have to get your foot amputated. No. So your risk of that is increased if you wear high heels. Let's talk about your heel and your ankle pain. <laughs> so um, it can tr- high heels contribute to pain in your heels and ankles um, because it's a really unnatural walking motion. And it can lead to plantar fasciitis or the swelling on the bottom of the feet that can make walking and standing unbearably painful. Huh. Um, and I think, like, if you are a person who has spent an evening out in high heel shoes, like, you kind of know that the next day your feet hurt all day. All day. And that's just, like, a truth. Well, like, so for the next like 24 hours, they hurt. It feels like there's, like, a pole stuck up between, like, on the, the arch of your foot. It's yeah. It's like there's a stabbing pain right there, which is horrific. Yeah. So that's no good. Um, but in addition to that, high heels can actually reshape the muscles and tendons of your legs. No. Like, semi-permanently, which means that it is difficult to walk flat-footed without physical therapy or orthopedic care. So, like, you can wear high heels so much that you can no longer walk without high heels. Yeah, if you're, like, a high-powered business lady and you have to wear those every day. I had a sorority sister who was like that. Like, she just wore high heels so often, and then she started working a retail job, and, like, they told her to buy, like, big, chunky, flat shoes, like, retail workers work, and, like, she had foot pain, because she was like, Ah. I'm used to walking in heels. It's physically uncomfortable for me to wear these, like, beautiful, comfortable orthopedic shoes. Yeah. Um, which is fucked up that it can change your body. (laughs) Um, so it not only affects your gait, but also, like, your enjoyment of time outside, which is a bummer. Yeah. Let's talk about your knees. Um, No, no, that's so far away from the shoe. (laughs) Surprise, it's still affecting stuff. No. I mean, all the way up to, like, your neck, baby girl. Oh my god. So, because wearing heels shifts your weight towards the ball of your foot, your Mm. knees have to move forward to keep you balanced, which puts extra stress on them. And because your joints are improperly aligned, over time you can develop arthritis in your knees, which can require surgery. Mm. And it also really fucks up the cartilage in your knees, which are the things that stop your bones from rubbing together. Ooh. And cartilage does not grow back. Like, once you fuck oh, yeah. that up, yep. it's fucked up. Like, <laughs> you can't get them back. Moving up your body, let's talk about your legs. So, like, your leg muscles are more active when you're walking in high heel shoes, especially down the front of your leg. Yeah. Well, because you have to, like, balance them. When you're exactly. balancing, you have to, like, hold everything up. And this is actually a big we- reason why people wear high heels, because they say it makes their legs look really toned. So they're like, I look so great in high heels. My legs look amazing. Well, yeah, your leg muscles are flexing, but also the muscle at the back of the leg actually tends to shorten. Like, again, it's changing the way that your body works, um, which is just, like, crazy to me. So <laughs> that's no good. Uh, let's talk about your hips. So just like your knees, now that you're walking mostly on the balls of your foot, your hips have to move forward to compensate for the extra pressure. So since hips play a major part in any type of leg movement, this can lead to pain in the outside of your hips, your inner thighs, your butt, and your groin. And your hips also have control over your entire posture. So when they are out of line, your entire spine is out of line. Uh. And if your spine gets, like, out of alignment, this can lead to neck pain. Like, if you walk around all day with a fucked up posture... Hmm. It just fucks you up all over. I wish that all of the listeners could see how much I'm moving around, like, not right now, like, <laughs> trying to fix my posture and, like, holding onto my hips. Like, no, and I don't even wear high heels, but I'm just, like, aware of yeah. how broken my body can be. 
And just to, like, close the circle, like, moving up to your back, again, you, your total center of gravity is off, and so your lower back has to hyperextend backwards to balance you out, which is, again, why your butt looks so good in high heels, but your back is not meant to hyperextend. Yeah, because you're, like, bent like a pretzel. <laughs> exactly. So people who wear a lot high heels most of the time get chronic back soreness, back spasms, and eventually arthritis of the spine. <gasps> that sounds bad. It's no good. Oh, So, like, don't fucking wear high heels, is what I would say. But if you must, if you are stronger than me, doctors recommend that you um, don't wear them for long periods of time, like, don't wear them for a whole day, and they also recommend that you keep them two inches or under. I agree. Which, yeah, which are my rules, frankly, but, like, just don't. I'm horrified. Yeah. But here's, like, the hard thing. Let's talk about beauty standards and expectations for women. Like, you, like, in the business world, you're, like, kind of expected still. Yeah, it looks unprofessional. Yeah, like, you like my are wearing flats sometimes. Big Boss is a woman um, that's probably in her, like, 50s or 60s, mm-hmm. and she wears high heels to work every single day. And, like, my mom even, who's, like, very much a tomboy, like, is not, you've met my mother, like, yeah. she's not in any way a girly girl. My mom wears high heels to work every day. She does? Yeah, not like the high, not six inch stilettos. But she wears, but she's it's like wearing, business shoes. Yeah, she's wearing like kitten heels or she's wearing. I hate that. Yeah. I don't hate that Jill does that. It's not Jill's fault. It's it's the professional standards of, you know, work working in the modern American field. Yeah. So it's that crazy sucks. to me that like you read down that list of like, wow, it really fucks up your whole alignment. All of your muscles are doing crazy things, and you're yep. in a lot of pain, but it's just like, oh, but women, beauty is pain. Yeah. Beauty, the phrase beauty is pain, I'm horrified. That's, we could talk about beauty standards probably for 36 hours without yeah. stopping to drink water. Yeah. But, yeah, I also think that a lot of high heels is centered around the idea of you need to look thinner and taller. Mm-hmm. So, like, in order to achieve that slimmer figure, well, if you look taller, you look thinner, mm-hmm. it lengthens your legs so your legs don't look as chunky, and it's just like, who gives a fuck? Like, who cares? I have Roxane Gay's new book, uh, Hunger. Ooh. And it's fun. It's wonderful. I'm, I'm only in it a little bit. But there's a quote in there that changed my life that says, what does it say about our culture that the desire for weight loss is considered a default feature of womanhood? Yeah. And that's something that I think that we should all think about because, you know, even myself, like, I'm definitely plus size and I'm fine with that and I'm never going to be skinny and mm-hmm. I, I completely get that. That's totally fine with me. But anytime I try on a piece of clothing... I never think about if I like it. I think about if it makes me look thin. I have yeah. never bought a piece of clothing that doesn't make me look as thin as I think I can make a like I can have a piece of clothing make me look. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's so funny because like I remember I was in a store once with my boyfriend and I tried something on and I was just like, oh god, this is so unflattering. Mm-hmm. Like this just looks like makes me look like a paper bag. And I came out and I showed it to him and he was like, oh my god, that color looks so pretty on you. And I was just like. Are you not looking at the fact that I'm a disgusting hippo in this shapeless life? Like, it's not even, it's not even pulling it at the waist. It's not even doing this yeah. and this and this. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. this whole laundry list of, like, scientific things mm-hmm. that I have conditioned myself to check for before I'm allowed to put a piece of clothing on my body in order to minimize myself and make myself less. And then I walk out and he's just like, oh, that's a really nice color. I have never thought about that. Like, I, yeah. I never think about that when I'm shopping. Yeah. I'm only thinking about how to minimize myself. Yeah. And, um... That's 
sad. And I think that that's, you know, are you thinking about comfort? Are you thinking about professionalism? I mean, that's part of it. But it's like, are you just thinking about, like, will this prop me up and make people think I am less? Like, make people think that I am more wayfish and more beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's sad. Yeah. Because it's like, if you're wearing them and you're like, I like these and they make me feel tall and powerful like a beautiful gladiator go to town yeah. safely. But it's like, I feel like that's not what it's about so much mm-hmm. of the time. It's like, well, I'll, I'll look thinner if I wear heels yeah. tonight. Or just like, I'm supposed to, like, I shouldn't go out wearing flats because like, yeah. that's not what you do. I'll look weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think I've talked about this before, but like, I think about how much I hated my body when I was at my skinniest of all time. Same. And yeah. like, I've definitely like, since graduating college, I've definitely like gained a good amount of weight. Yeah. But like, when I think, so now I look at myself and I'm like, I am bigger yeah. than I used to be. Okay, like, here we go. I'm about a beautiful, chubby princess. We'll, we'll deal with this. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> um, no, like, this is good. Like, I feel so much more confident now, just, yeah. I think, because I'm older. When I think about, like, at my absolute skinniest I've ever been. You were very skinny, too. I you. hated my yeah, body. Yeah, you were really insecure. I hated my body. I thought I was, like, I was, like, oh, my thighs, oh, my shoulder, yeah. shoulders, like, oh, my belly. Like, I just was, I yep. hated my body. Yep. And now I think about it, and I'm, like... Me, me then would be horrified to look at me now. Oh, me then would drown myself now. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, like, when I was 15, I was like, I'm the biggest I've ever been. And I think about that time, and I feel bigger then than I was now. I think I was a size 6. Like, yeah. I was so much smaller. It's it's crazy. Yeah. But any younger people than us listening to it, to us now, I definitely feel much more confident in who I am. Yes. At my heaviest. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with, like, you know, like, you're on your own journey, and if you want to be healthy, that's fine, but it's, like, it, it doesn't actually have anything to do with the physical shapes that your body takes up in this universe, and I think that relates back to what you choose to wear and what you choose to put on and take mm-hmm. on, etc. In And when you get down to brass tacks, it has nothing to do with those shapes you take up in the universe. It has a lot more to do with how you think of yourself. Yeah. And I think, like, a lot of me and you as well, like, just coming to terms with our bodies and mm-hmm. what they are. and Our bodies, ourselves. Like. Amen. Yep. I, freshman and sophomore-ish year of college, into junior year, um, was, like, self-conscious that I couldn't walk in heels and, like, felt mm-hmm. less womanly because I was, like, yeah. I don't know how to walk in them. You I told me that. Yeah, I you were like, I, I, I don't know how to walk them. in heels. Like, I, like, it was an embarrassing thing to me that, like, oh, I'm just, like, I'm not womanly in that way. I can't Mm -hmm. handle it. And now I'm, like, if I wear, like, the chunkiest heel in the world, I'm, like, look at me in my bad self. Like, here we go. And then the next day I'm wearing, like, combat boots and I'm, like, look at me in my bad self. Look at these thick wedges, bitch. It just doesn't, like, it just is so small compared to everything else in your life. Yep. I'm trying to build my career. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah. I get yourself a platform. I love I have this one pair you of boots. You do love a platform. I have this one pair of boots that are like Frankenstein boots. They're all black leather and they have a really big platform, but they're they're, they're not even that big. They're just like a super chunky platform that they're probably four inches. Mm-hmm. But my foot is basically flat because yeah. it's all platform. <laughs> and when I wear those, I feel amazing. And what I'm gonna say you is know? go to a Clark's outlet. Go to a Clark's outlet. Clark's is good to us. They mm-hmm. produce a cute shoe with a little bit of height if you feel like yep. you need that. But it's always like a block heel, like a yeah. thick ass. Get yourself a gorgeous supportive. Oxford. Yeah, a Mary Jane. So cute. Something with some structure. Yeah. You don't have. You can wear it to work. It can be flat to the ground. I love a loafer. I love a work loafer a in loafer. the spring and summer. Yep. Guys, do that. Treat your feet and self right. And also just like look in the mirror for one second and just be like, wow, how cool that I'm like a goo filled vessel for my brain. Yep. 
You know, like yep. that's all these weird ass bodies are at the yeah, end of the day. It really is. You're Don't right. look You're in the mirror right. and be like, oh, I look tired. Oh, my hair looks messy today. Oh, I'm fat. Oh, I don't like how my arms look. Yeah. Oh, I don't like. Just look in the mirror and be like, how wild. How yep. wild that we all live on this earth. Yeah. And we're consciousnesses in these crazy bodies. Yep. Don't put so much stress on being beautiful. Just be great. Yeah. Look at yourself and be like, I'm great. I'm great. You know what I mean? If you don't and, feel beautiful, that's fine. Feel great. And wear clothes and shoes that m- make you look in the mirror and go like, damn, damn I'm cool. I love it. I'm cool And sometimes hell. it can just be a nice color. Yeah. It doesn't need to be flattering. Yeah. That's something that I'm, I'm getting into. It's like, I maybe this doesn't make me the skinniest that I could possibly be, but I look adorable. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Go well, out there and live. Listen to Auntie Sam and Auntie Allie. We're That's your we two radical aunts yeah. who just want you to embrace yourself and will buy you Doc Martens for Christmas when you're too young. Absolutely. Do you know, like, in the Muppets, like, Statler and Waldorf, the two grumpy old Muppets who make mean comments? Yeah. We are like that, except positive. Fully opposite. Like, the same but different. Building you up. Mirror images. Still puppets. Yes. Yep. Still Muppets. Did you guys not know we've been Muppets this whole time? That would be wild. (laughs) That's full Truman Show. (laughs) Um, Well, while you guys ponder that, uh, we hope you stay horrified. Stay horrified. Thank you.